know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. Podcast land. This is just Jam and Joe of the Fanball Seasons Podcast. And on tonight's episode, RG3, we're going to talk some college basketball and we're also going to talk some MLB with a very special guest that we have on tonight. So we're going to go to the Fanball Seasons fan line, RG3, where we have former assistant coach at Horbat High School, former assistant coach at Mid Lake High School. Former assistant coach of the Naval Academy, former head coach of the Naval Academy, Coach David Robinson, former Kansas State assistant coach, former Virginia assistant coach, former assistant coach at the University of Western Kentucky, former University of Georgia or lead assistant coach, and was the interim coach for the University of Georgia in 2009, and former head coach and founder of Young Harris College Basketball, we go to none other than Coach Pete Herman. Coach, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I'm down here in Florida after 48 years of coaching, and I'm enjoying things. Sharon and I are enjoying enjoying life on the golf course and at the beach. That's great, Coach. That's great. So, Coach, so coach you did some assistant coaching for a local high school in Florida. So what was that like? <laughs> Um, it was a lot of fun. I coached for three and a half months. I joined a, a, a school called the Pine School down here, and they had uh, they had won one game in the last three years. And they had a new head coach, and he uh, he asked me. He said to me, "I'll take as much from you, or as little from you, as you want to give, coach." And I went in, and and uh, and you know me, I jumped right in, coached, and had a ball with the players. Uh, uh, I was well received. Well, they, the players were great. Uh, you know, we end up winning five games, which for them was a like winning a championship. The parents were all pleased. The, the players were great. They were very receptive, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and a, a tribute to the head coach who, you know, allowed me to do a lot of the things that I've done with a lot of different teams. You know, throughout my my fifty years coaching. No question about that, coach. So, do you see yourself coaching there next year? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know if the head coach is going to return. He is a he is a sports agent, and he has among his uh, clients Russell Wilson from the from Seattle Seahawks and uh, Andrew Miller, who was MVP in the, with the Cleveland Indians when they went to the World Series, and he's got a number of other players. The, the closer with the Minnesota Twins and. You know he's he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. So I don't know if he'd keep coaching. He did say to me, "There's a lot of schools that are interested in me coaching." But I I had my good run and I enjoyed it very much. So uh, you know, and I'm still very involved with the game. Uh, I, I am on the committee to choose the the John Wooden Award winner uh, nationally, the, the collegiate best player, and. Uh, you know, if that keeps me busy, I also have a lot of guys that I've coached with and coached against that I'm following as we get into the uh, conference tournaments and we get into, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament. So I'm very busy 
with basketball. I still love it very much, and uh, you know, it, it, it's good to stay stay involved. Absolutely, absolutely. So, coach, we're going to transition to some college basketball talk with you, and kind of my first my, my first point uh, for you is this: How do you feel the state of college basketball is today? How do you feel about the state of college basketball, like where the game is today? Well, the game is different. Uh, the game is different. I mean, the, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the one and done have changed things and the, and the game itself has changed. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to, uh, you know, no movement, no screening, uh, everything, you know, driving and trying to get to the basket or pitching it for three. Um, you know, I, I'm just not used to this. I, I spent time when uh, I'm very close with Dave Bliss, who played first at Georgia, and he's now the, the, the assistant with the uh, with Billy Donovan with Oklahoma City, and I went up to see them play in Orlando. And, you know, I, I stood with the coaches, and, and they said to me, you know, in today's game, Coach, you know, David Robinson would, would be an offensive rebounder and a runner, and a, he'd play in the short corner, and, you know, a lot of his skills – wouldn't be used today. The big, the, the big players today need to be able to shoot the three, just like the guards. And uh, you know, it, it's something that it, it's different. Uh, you know, as you're looking at these conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, you know, you tend to, to look at Joe, the, the coaches that have been very successful over the long haul, and you know, when you're looking at Villanova and Jay Wright and, and Michigan State and Tom Izzo and and uh, you know, the, 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 the teams that have solid upperclassmen along with maybe, uh, you know, one or two younger players, those, those kind of teams are going to be the teams that are dangerous. No, for sure, for sure. They really are. Coach, how do you feel the game is progressing? Do, do, you, like, do you like the changes that have been made? Or do you, how do you feel the, just the style of the game is well, um, I'm having a tough time with it because I'm, I'm a, kind of an old school guy. You know, I think, uh, you know, we like to play, we always like to play inside out. And, and uh, you know, we, we, you always wanted to run, but you always wanted to make sure you get into the foul line. And, you know, uh, the, the, the game has changed with the, with the, with the three ball being so prevalent for all the players and, uh, you know that's uh, that's something that's you know it's it's a little it's different it, it's just different and um, that's why I think the, the you know the the established teams are going to be tough in this tournament if they have a lot of upperclassmen uh, because you think with the one duns and with the younger players it takes teams a long time to become solid teams and the play in the system that you want to do. You know, Coach K is a good friend of mine, and, and he, that's a good example of a team that, it, you know, is was still developing come the 1st of February and was still finding their way, all, you know, all the way through. And now they're, they're you know, they're, as you look at the conference tournaments, they're, you know, they're, they're coming around. And I thought that, you know, the, the game on Saturday with North Carolina was, well, it's like an old school game there. Uh, you know, both teams trying to play 
inside out, and you know, uh, it was it was a terrific, terrific college game. But you know, uh, at the same time, the players are, you know, the players are, are better. The players are are sharper. You know, they're they're. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great NCAA tournament. It really is, coach. It really is. So, so, coach, there is something that I that I'm interested in to pick your brain about, and that is the transfer portal. Because we've seen the transfer portal have a major impact in college football. How much of an impact do you think the transfer portal could have in college basketball? Very, very much so, Joe. It is huge. It is. It is. It is overwhelming. It, it is now. You're, you're no longer recruiting high school players and junior college players. You're now, your major thrust is to find some players that have played in Division One and have played against, you know, good competition in Division One and have, still have eligibility left and to try to, you know, try to get them with your team because of that experience factor. And, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard. You're going to have to convince players to stay with you, and hopefully they'll believe in you know the coach and the coaching staff and the guys who brought brought them there to, in recruiting and 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 that's tough. It, it's it's harder than it's ever been in regards to you know keeping a player for four years. And um, you know now if the if they come up with these with the new rules on you know. Granting players, you know, compensation for their, uh, you know, for the, their name and their and and what they're doing and, and where they are, you know, it's going to be even worse. I, I think, I, I and mean, I just think that, you know, a, a player is going to say to you, coach, you know, I, I need to, I need to help my family, so I need to, I need to have points and rebounds and assists. I need to have, you know, I need to have stats. I need to have, need to have numbers. So that I can get a little bit more than just a than just a scholarship. I I just think that's a, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous line to be on, to say the least. I agree. I agree. And and just look at like what it's done for football. You know, you know, quarterbacks especially can like come and go anywhere as they please, basically. And it and it's really different. I think I think it's. Uh, I think it's here to stay, and and, and it's definitely going to take some getting used to in both football and basketball because those are the two main sports uh, when it comes to these big-time D1 universities. Is you know, they're, they're seriously thinking about you know a one-time transfer. You can transfer one time without having to sit out. And again, if that, if that comes about, that's going to be like that's going to open the floodgates. You know, guys are going to. You know, guys are going to come in as freshmen. Let's say Joe, they come in, they come into a, a you know a mid-major or, or a, a you know a mid-division one school, and as a freshman, they average they average twenty points a game. You know, it's going to be very very hard to keep them there at that school if they can transfer without having to sit out, without having you know any 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 rope put on them. That they have to go with, you know, they're going to come in and say, "Jesus, I can do that here. I can maybe I can do it, you know, I can do it in the SEC. I can do it in the ACC." And you're going to have guys running all over the place. Right, right, and it's it's definitely so, going to be interesting, coach, for sure, to see how all so, this develops and everything. 
So you know, they've got committees in the NCA. They've got committees that are studying this. They're not happy with the, you know, the transfer portal and what has happened up to now with, you know, getting waivers and all that. And they're they're going to change it. But I don't know if it's such a great great idea to have a one-time transfer, you know, with no restrictions. I I agree. I think I think there needs to be some. I think there needs to be. Uh, some some boundary with it, and there there needs to be uh, some restriction with it, and not not make it so easy for these guys to you know come and go as they please. No, it's it's going to be different though. It it really is. So you mentioned earlier about uh, being on the committee for the Wooden Award and the voting. Could could you elaborate more on um, on your involvement with that? Well, you you send in your you send in your choices. Uh, I think we've sent in three choices. We've done a final choice on, um, on I think February 25th. We sent in, and then I really don't know how many are on the committee, and I don't know what their final, how they are going to pick the, the winner in regards to the final ballots. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. Um, you know, uh, they'll, I'm sure, let me know. You know, probably after the conference tournaments, just how. We pick the final winner when it gets to that. I mean, uh, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of difference in the country and who's, who's involved, you know. Uh, I mean, Peyton Pritchard and Luca Garza and Obi Toppin, and these guys are they're all, in, they're all in everybody's top ten, you know. But, but I don't know what, what it's going to, what it comes down to, how many people are, are choosing and what the uh, what the final say will be, but I'm sure it'll be a consensus a consensus choice. For sure, for sure. There's a lot of really good, talented guys that that are going to be up for that award. You know, take Obi Toppin for example, Coach. I hadn't really heard about him until he until he was in Maui and he played against Georgia. And I saw what he what he did against UGA, and I was like, holy cow! This Obi Toppin guy is the real deal. Yeah, he's. Uh... He's a developing player. Reminds me a lot of the guy I coached, David Robinson, uh, at Navy. And, um, you know, he's very, very athletic. He's very versatile. Um, you know, he, he's a he's a terrific team player. Um, you know, he, he's he's very good. And I think that, you know, I mean, the guy, guy you take a guy like my, one of my favorites is Peyton Pritchard, who's played four years at Oregon. You know, with like 1,900 points and you know 1,200 assists, and and just led them to the Final Four when he was a sophomore, and, and they don't they don't win the Pac-10, Pac-12 this year without without him playing, you know, terrific. Uh, and, but there's 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 so, there's so many that are, that are helping their team and, and getting their teams further in you know in the league and in the tournaments. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Coach, um, we're, we're going to transition, and we're going to talk some SEC basketball. And I want to just so, – so what are your thoughts on where the SEC is as a basketball conference? Well, um, you know, I, I, when I coached in, in the SEC, in I, 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 all the leagues I coached in, they're all very, very competitive. All the teams are tough at home and tough to win on the road. And the SEC certainly was no different. You know the uh, the response to uh, 
SEC basketball has grown and is, you know, on the upswing, uh, you know, the crowds, everything at, at Auburn and, and uh, you know, at, at, at Georgia. At, uh, obviously, they've always been strong at Kentucky, but the, the, the around the league, the, you know, the attendance has been terrific and, uh, you know, the, it's a bill every night. Now, um, you know, I think that, you know, there's a couple teams in the, in the in the SEC that could advance in the tournament, but we'll have to see, you know, how it goes in regards to the SEC tournament. You know, teams like Mississippi State, Arkansas, they've all got to try to help themselves with the SEC tournament to get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, right now there's a, you know, there, there's a log jam there of teams that, are possible, but they're all on the bubble as they go into this as they go into this SEC tournament. Definitely, and you and you mentioned two teams in the SEC uh, like Mississippi State and Arkansas. I saw Arkansas here in Athens, coach, when they came here to play Georgia, and I was really impressed with uh, with the job Eric Musselman has done in year one, and and he he's got that really good guard Isaiah Joe. I I I was really impressed with him too. I think. I think Arkansas is a team to be reckoned with, and I also uh, was impressed when I saw Georgia play against Mississippi State and Reggie Perry uh, um, and Mississippi State. I think I think both those teams are forces to be reckoned with, and you know, as you mentioned, I think they can both help themselves in the SEC tournament. Well, it, and, it, and it's, it's it's very tough. I mean, the SEC, you know, every every home every home floor is tough to win on, and. You know, you saw late in the season, I mean, even, you know, Texas A&M played much better down down the stretch the last two or three games. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just no, there, there's no time. You've got to be an improving team every week. Uh, and, you know, you, you've got to, and it's a long season, it's tough, and you, you've got to embrace that grind as much as you can and, and keep, you know, keep playing away as you, as you get down toward March. And then at times you're you know you're out of gas in March and, and you don't do very well and you, you you end up not 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 making the making the NCAA tournament but you know that's that's the way it is it's just the way it is it, you know uh, but I think the you know the basketball in the SEC is very very competitive and you know uh, it, it's going to continue to be. I think so. And and kind of keeping with that with that same subject, Coach, what what are your thoughts on the caliber of coaches the SEC has brought into its conference? And um, um, what is that again, Joe? On um, the 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 caliber of coaches in the SEC and the conference. Uh, all of the coaches. Yeah, yeah. All the all the various coaches. The the caliber of coaches like like Tom Crean at Georgia and you know Bruce Pearl at Auburn and you know guys like that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that you're not going to you're not going to outcoach anybody at all in the SEC or in any major college and then in the Power Five. You're not going to outcoach. You know, those coaches have been at it for for a long time, and you know, um, just they're just the it's a it's a battle every night, and you know their their reputations are all. Excellent, very good, you know, and, and it's 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 a, it's going to be a war all the time. And 
I think they could you could stack their coaches against any in the country. You know, they're 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 very very competitive and they're very knowledgeable and they're and they're they're very good. I I agree with that. I agree with that too. Coach, one one last thing I want to talk to you about uh, with the SEC. Or, so, what was your favorite venue in the SEC that you got to coach in, Ho- home or away? What was your favorite venue? Oh, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coaching at home, you always want to coach at home, and uh, you know it was it was it was great there. Although I'll, I'll tell you what, Coach Crean has has really built the enthusiasm into the students at Georgia. And there is a great home crowd. It's, it was probably better than when when I was there coaching. And uh, it's a tribute to, you know, the students have come out now, and and, it, and it's uh, a great atmosphere to play in. Um, you know, I, I always thought that, uh, you know, Kentucky, I thought, was an easier place to coach because the students are not on you at Kentucky. They're, they're, they're back off the floor a little bit, and, I didn't think it was a, a real hard place to play. South Carolina was difficult to play in because of the noise factor. At the time, Arkansas was pretty good. You know that that you know and that arena was you know was jumping. Uh, but but all of them, you know, Tennessee got it going. And you know, Bruce Pearl, who who is coach, you know, has been around a long time, has always been a very good coach. He he worked in, in Division Two for a number of years and was successful there. And he brought. You know, he brought that to Tennessee, and now he's continuing that at Auburn and has always been a very good coach. And, of course, Coach Cal at, at, at Kentucky the same way. So, you know, the, the, they, were, they were all tough on the road. It was very tough on the road. For sure, for sure. You know, you know one of the great things that you have over any other Georgia coach recently is you are the last coach to win – or to bring a Georgia team into Rupp Arena and win. And as a diehard University of Georgia guy like I am, Coach, I still remember that night. I remember you and the guys walking into that arena and, like, Terrence Woodbury had, like, 30 or, like, 33 points. And Corey Butler played out of his mind. And when whenever I see Rupp Arena, I, I just think of you and I think of that team that went in there and beat Kentucky. And well, uh, it was only the second time in Kentucky's history on senior day that they got beat. And everybody always asked me about well, how big of an upset was that. And I said, you know, when we talk about upsets, it's usually the, the usually one team plays very poorly. And it's usually like a 50-49 to 49 game. And, and that game that night was well played by both teams. The score was in the upper 80s and uh, 90. It was like 91-88. Uh, our guys played great. You know, they played great. And, you know, uh, for everybody from Dustin Ware to Trey Tompkins to Albert Jackson to, you know, to Terrence and, and Corey, and they, they all played well. And, and Kentucky's guys played very well, too, because they didn't just miss a lot of shots and, and they, 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 weren't, they weren't ready for the game. And it was a terrific win. And when I went back to Letterman Day a, a few weeks ago, back to Georgia, and saw a number of people said to me just what you just stated that you know that was one of the greatest wins that was a great win coach that you know how did you do that and I said you know we just we just played for 40 minutes we just played and we went we got up and down with them 
and we were effective and we were confident that we could win. And, you know, down the stretch that year, the, the players came along and, and beat Vanderbilt and beat Florida and beat Kentucky. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a very stressful time for me and for the players, but they responded great. Then. And those are just some, some great memories that I have of, uh, of you and that team and, also, you mentioned that Florida game. That, that Florida game was great, too. Uh, just some yeah. good memories, for sure. So, Coach, kind of the last thing I want to talk to you about in terms of basketball, uh, and, and this goes for both both conference tournaments and NCAA, as an assistant coach, what is the preparation like for both for, for both these type of tournaments, but for both conference and the NCAA? Like, like, what is that like? Well, the conference tournament is, is an easier preparation because you've played the teams in, in, in the regular season. And that you, you know them. You know their tendencies. And everybody knows each other pretty well. Uh, when you get scrambling, it, like the year we won the SEC at Georgia, as soon as you win that night, you've got to start and, you, and you're placed somewhere. You've got to get film, as much film as you can get in a hurry. And that's a, that's always a really, it's really challenging trying to get all that stuff in and get, get ready for a couple of days of practice. And, you know, the best thing is before you play in the first round of the NCAA tournament is to be playing the way you want to play. In other words, you know, you're not, you're not making up new things or trying to do things that you're not capable of doing. You want to play to your strength and, and what you've done uh, to get to that point. And, uh, you, you know, you'll emphasize the same thing about your opposition is what they're doing well and what you've got to try to take away from them. Uh, but, but basically it's about you, you playing at your best, doing what you do the best, not so much about, you know, how the other team is. You know, are you going to, are you going to guard and rebound and run? And, and you got to emphasize that with your team. You know, and that, that's a, it's, it's funny the year we won the SEC with, when we won with the tornado in, in Atlanta, you know, we, we beat Kentucky on Saturday morning and it was my scout on Saturday evening. We played Mississippi state in the semifinals and uh, coach Felton was very, you know, very uptight about you know, you got to have the scouting report ready. You got to have the scouting report ready. Well, I kind of took it easy, took it easy, and finally, uh, Jay McCauley, who was with me then, Jay said to me, "Coach, we got to have this ready." I said, "Jay, we, we just beat Kentucky. You know, we're 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 going to win tonight too. But five minutes of me talking and giving them five minutes of film is not going to make that much difference. Our guys are ready to win." And, you know, luckily, luckily we, we did that night and we did win the next day in the finals against Arkansas. So, you know, once you get to that point, you're, you're playing well, then it's just a matter of keep on doing what you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Coach, we're going to transition to some Major League Baseball talk with you. We, we know you're a big, we know you're a big baseball guy. So, so, so we're gonna we're gonna pick your brain on a, on some major league baseball. So, here we go. <laughs> um, that's fine, Joe. That's fine. All right. I'm curious on your thoughts on your uh, Cleveland Indians this year going into spring training. <laughs> Joe told you I like them, huh? Yeah, he yeah. sure did. <laughs> I'm good friends. Good friends with Terry Franco. 
Arizona. You know, I followed them since they were, you know, right there in the World Series a couple of years ago. And uh, I, I think that their, you know, their, their, their budget, what they have paid out in salaries, has gone down for the last three years, and it's, you know, it, it, it's shown in their team. And I'm not saying that they can't win because they build their their team around pitching, and they've got a, a number of young pitchers. Uh, that are that are, you know, very capable and very competitive in the American League. But you know, the situation with Francisco Lindor is, you know, is, is up in the air. Let's say, you know, are they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him? And and, and he, he's a terrific, terrific player. And and he's a, he, he's a he, he's a key guy on the team. Every time I've been with him, he's been very, very upbeat. He's very positive about his teammates, about his about. Their chances all the time. He's just a terrific leader, and uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, hopefully, Ramirez will be back to a good year. He's a he's a terrific hitter, a very good player, and he needs to come back to what he's been. Carlos Santana is a solid pro, a solid hitter. Uh, give it all the time for you. I think they've got a log jam in the outfield, and maybe if Reyes can come along and and be the, the kind of hitter that, that that he's capable of being. He was at San Diego, and, and I think he'll be better once he's been in the American League for a little while. You know, I think that the, the possibilities of them being right there are pretty good, although the Tigers and the White Sox and the Twins have all, you know, jumped up their roster and made their roster a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a concern. Um for for the tribe and you know I'll be watching them every night like I always have and uh, hopefully they'll they'll continue to be right there. They have a tremendous leader in Terry Francona. You know they've had winning seasons seven straight years and you know he's just a he just manages personnel and manages personnel as good as anyone ever. He really seems like a great guy. From all the interviews I I've heard him do, and even even back when he was at ESPN, you, you know I thought he he seemed like a like a guy who really got it, and uh, you you know was just great, and just a really good you know like you said managing personnel really well. So coach, who are some other teams in Major League Baseball that you're excited about seeing as the 2020 season gets closer? Well, you know, right there at home there. Uh, for you, Joe, in Atlanta, they had a terrific year and, uh, last year, and, and I, I imagine they'll, you know, they, they should be, they should be very competitive again. Um, you know, I, I, obviously the, the sign stealing uh, problem is not going to go away, and it's uh, it, it, it's going to, it's hurting hurting baseball, and it's 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 something that uh, you know. Is a, is a real black mark, and, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what the end results are going to be of that. Uh, you know, there's, there's a very, very tough type of attitude towards Houston, and we still haven't received the punishment for the, for the Boston Red Sox for the year after Houston won when they won. And, uh, and I don't know what the delay is on that, but the commissioner must know what you know what it's looking at. Obviously, that's going to be that's going to have some 
that's going to have some repercussions as as the season begins. Yeah, um, it, it really will. It really will. Um, so, so coach, there's one last thing I wanna I wanna talk to you about, and you kind you kind of teased it earlier there when you were talking about stuff stuff with MLB that you're excited about, and uh, that that's my Atlanta Braves. I know you said you thought they were going to be competitive. What are some other things that you like about the you like about the Braves going into the 2020 season? Well, those young kids can play in, in the infield and outfield. You know, the, the young guys that were that were good last year, and they got the steady veterans. You know, and Marquez and Freeman were really good. Uh, you know, it's a matter of can their pitching continue to be effective, and do they have enough pitching? Um, and now that I'm down in Florida, I've been away from from the Braves, but I mean, I always enjoyed going going seeing them, and you know, combining that with what was going on in baseball at the University of Georgia, and now Coach Strickland has has made that a, a you know a really a really good team to watch and follow and root for, and, the- um, you know, as it was when. When I was there with with Coach Perno, it was it was terrific, Absolutely. and uh, you know they they're, they're getting back to back to that now, and that's great. They they really are, Coach. the 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 baseball team I think is number two in the country, and they open up SEC play this weekend at number one Florida. So it's oh, they, so oh good, that's yeah, good. yeah. That's that's, good. It's going to be good. It's great. It's going to be good. Well, Coach, thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, and talking some baseball and some basketball with us. Uh, th- this was really fun. Um, hopefully we can do it again down the road. Thank you so much, Coach. Any, anytime, Joseph. And uh, you take care of your family because that mom and dad of yours are great. Take care of your sister. and uh, enjoy being with you all the time. And... Uh, we'll do it again when you want to. Absolutely. Sounds great, Coach. Talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Thanks, Coach. So, RG3, that was a great interview that we did with uh, with our man, Coach Herman. It was really fun. You know, we talked a lot of different stuff. Talked some basketball. Talked some baseball. That, that was fun, didn't you think? Oh, yeah. Just a lot of really good perspective he's got. He yeah. really does. Definitely. He really does. So, RG3... Um, this was really fun. It was fun. And, uh, you know, it, it's always good to, um, hang out and fan for all seasons. And, um, you know, just going back and listen, listening back to ourselves on Spotify and, yeah. um, it, it Google is Google and Apple and, oh gosh, I can't even remember the whole list. Uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, Alexa. You know, yeah, Alexa. You, you know, for everybody that has Alexa, and they're like, you, you know, can, can I get this podcast? Absolutely, you can get it on. <laughs> you can get us on Alexa. Um, yeah, so conference tournaments all week. Uh, big weekend plans. Oh, uh, what's this weekend? Um, eh, actually, gonna go see the Hawks. Yeah, that's right. You are. So that that should be a good game. Yeah, Hawks in Cleveland uh, playing against the Cavaliers. 
Uh, so this should be really fun. So for RG3, I'm Jam and Joe. This has been another exciting installment of the Fan Fall Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.